So in, in 2011, uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday, when we, we used to serve in, in downtown Tampa, my mother-in-law splurged for her 70th birthday, and instead of us getting her a gift, she got us all a gift and, and took our family of six and, and Tracy, my wife's family of three, on a cruise. It was glorious. We, we, we couldn't wait to get on that boat. You know, to get on that boat that would entertain us with shows and comedians and accommodate our every need, feed us countless choices of great food anytime you wanted it, take us on excursions and to, to fancy shopping places we would never go to otherwise, and then returning to our rooms each night with one of the bathroom towels that was shaped into some kind of animal, usually with sunglasses on its face. We, we couldn't wait to get on that boat. After a year of planning and, and waiting, we couldn't wait to get there. And I found this little gem of a video, but uh, you can't tell my wife Tracy that I showed this to you, okay? So it's just between you and I. Several years old, so the sound of the beginning's a little rough, but uh, enjoy this little peak of our vacation. Hi, boys and girls. It's Miss Tracy. Guess where I am today? Today, Mr. Eric and all of our family are going on this boat. We're going on a cruise to Mexico. We're getting on this boat called the Jewel of the Seas. We've been hoping and waiting for this day for a long time, for more than a year. We've been hoping and hoping and waiting and waiting, and we've had so much to do to get ready, but the day is finally here. We're about to get on. So come on with me. I want to show you all. Okay, so just between you and us, I didn't show the video of my wife in the bathing suit, okay? 
We used to make those videos uh, monthly. We had in children's ministry, we would have a memory verse, and so we'd make a memory verse video, and we tried to do it on some fun location. So we embarrassed our children by making several videos while on the cruise and in, in the various places and ports. And it was a lot of fun, and the kids could kind of relive those, those memories and learn the scripture verses together. But that cruise was, was great. We couldn't wait to get on the boat. And, and one day we were lounging by the pool while the kids were playing. And, and Tracy jokingly leaned over and said, I was meant to live a life like this. Today our scripture will show us a very different kind of boat and a very different kind of way of life. The way of life of Simon Peter a fisherman. Simon Peter was a, was a small business owner having, having at least two boats and a team of fellow fishermen with him who went out on the water, the Sea of Galilee at night, to make their living catching fish. But something radical happened one day as, as Simon Peter and his crew were, were coming in from a night of fishing, as they were cleaning their nets and, and packing up their gear they had a totally different experience from the usual. You may remember, and let's take a look at our map, kind of where we've been in the last couple weeks. You can really see that in great detail, can't you? That body of water there, kind of toward the middle of the map, is the Dead Sea. And right off to the left of the Dead Sea is, around, is Jericho. And, and Jericho, and then there's a a line going up from the Dead Sea up to another body of water, that's the Sea of Galilee. That's the Jordan River. So it's around the Dead Sea area, around the Jordan, is where we would have encountered John the Baptist baptizing uh, his disciples and where Jesus would have met with him to baptize, to be baptized as well. And then we experienced Jesus going up into the Galilee, up around that other body of water, the, the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret, and we heard about him going to Capernaum and all those places around Galilee and teaching and healing people. And then if you can see Nazareth, if you have really good eyesight, you need to blow this thing up, to the left of uh, the Sea of Galilee is where we encountered Jesus the last two weeks. This is his hometown and where last week he was tried to, they tried to throw him off a cliff. Now Jesus has returned back to Capernaum which is at the very top, due north of the Sea of Galilee. It was a fishing village, a very vibrant fishing village, and that is where our scene takes place today in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. One day Jesus was standing beside Lake Gennesaret when the crowd pressed in around him to hear God's word. Jesus saw two boats sitting by the lake, and the fishermen had gone ashore and were washing their nets. Jesus boarded one of the boats, the boat that belonged to Simon, and then he asked him to row out a little distance from there. And then Jesus sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he finished speaking to the crowds, he said to Simon, row out a little further into the deep water and drop your nets for a catch. Simon replied, Master, we've worked hard all night and, and caught nothing. But because you've said so, I'll, I'll drop the nets. 
So they dropped the nets, and, and their catch was so huge that their nets were splitting. They signaled for their partners and the other boats to come out and help them, and, and they filled both boats so full they were about to sink. When Simon Peter saw the catch, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Leave me, Lord, for I am a sinner. Peter and those with him were, were overcome with amazement because of the number of fish they caught. James and John, Zebedee's sons, were Simon's partners, and they were amazed too. Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. As soon as they brought the boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Be to God. So last week, Jesus, remember, was, was teaching in the synagogue in Nazareth, and, and uh, they liked what he had to say at the beginning, not so much at the end, and they tried to run him out of town and throw him off a cliff. And then he goes on to continue his ministry of teaching and healing throughout the region of Galilee, and, and then he lands and begins to, to center his ministry around this town of Capernaum. Happens to be Simon Peter's hometown. And perhaps this, is, this might be the first time that Simon Peter encounters Jesus, although another gospel says that they may have met when Simon Peter was a disciple of John the Baptist down in the, in the area of the baptism where, around Jericho. But regardless of that, we know that Simon Peter is with Jesus in the synagogue in Capernaum in the previous chapter, which we didn't read, where Jesus was teaching and when Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. And from there, the story continues in, ver in chapter 4 that the two of them go to Simon Peter's home where Jesus heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law who is sick from a very high fever. And so by this time, all these scenes are coming together and Jesus' fame is, is rapidly spreading as, as both a great teacher and as an amazing healer. So anywhere he goes, he, he, he draws a great crowd, and, and that's exactly what's happening here in Capernaum on the shoreline of, of the Sea of Galilee, or Lake Gennesaret, as it's also called. The crowd is pressing in all around him to hear his teaching, and to the point that Jesus needs a little space, and he asks Simon Peter for some help. He asks him to take the boat out into the water, and it's there where Jesus then sits down in the boat and continues to teach. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when he was in the synagogue and after he read the, the scroll of Isaiah, what did he do? He sat down to teach. So I don't know if it's, it's, a, it's a pointing to sitting down to teaching was custom or if he just didn't want to tip the boat over. I'm not sure. Either could be one of those. So he sits down to teach and, and Simon Peter was glad that, to take him out into the boat. You know, he just healed his mother-in-law not long before, but, but then Jesus asked him something more. He asked him to go out into deeper water and then to put down his nets and to try to catch some more fish. These nets that they have just come in from fishing all night and just spent the time to clean and prepare and store for the evening. But... Simon Peter complies. Has, has anyone ever tried to give you, offer you advice before that you 
really didn't need, you know, something, advice on something that you already knew how to do, you know, like the back of your hand. You knew exactly what needed to happen, but they offer advice anyways. You know, it's not that we can't learn something new or be humble enough to hear and learn and grow from other people, but, but Simon Peter, he knew about fishing. You know, he was a small business owner, he was successful, and he knew that this was a night fishing spot. It was the best practice on the Sea of Galilee in this particular place. And, and this guy now, this, this carpenter son, was telling Simon Peter how to fish. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, when I, we didn't have any children, Tracy and I were, were full of advice for parents, you know? When I was an early children's director, and even my children were young, I had, I had all kinds of great ideas for all, children of all ages, and hadn't yet hit those thresholds. And, and even so, you know, um, as, as we came through life and, and, um, and encountered people who are struggling, and maybe with addiction or whatever, we had advice for them. And then we had a son who became an addict, and we began to understand, oh, maybe our advice wasn't all that was cracked up to be. We all sometimes offer advice or get advice from people that's not needed or not appreciated. So I wonder if, if Simon Peter was thinking those same thoughts that parents might have thought about Tracy and I. If he was, he doesn't show it. He simply says, Master, we've worked all night long without the slightest nibble, but if you say so, We'll drop our nets. And so Simon Peter musters up all his best manners and, and puts out the deeper water and he, and he casts the net in just the spot where Jesus says to cast the net. And, and at this point, Simon Peter is, is probably still rolling his eyes to the Son of God. But then the fish begin to swarm and, and in, in a way unlike anything Simon Peter has ever seen before. You know, Jesus is so compelling, friends, that even the fish can't stay away from Jesus. There's so many fish, and, and Simon Peter's nets are full, and they're beginning to burst and, and to rip apart. And Simon shouts to the shore, come out and help us. And then they get there, and both boats become so full, they, they begin to take on water, and they begin to sink. It's it's just too much. Too many fish. It's too much power happening. And Simon Peter falls to his knees, realizing the power and authority of Jesus. The power and authority of who Jesus is, and, and seeing with his own eyes again after the healing of his mother-in-law, seeing again with his own eyes and experiencing it in a new way, Simon Peter begins to feel the weight of who he is as a person and who he is not. From his knees, Simon says, Leave me, Lord, for I am a sinner. And all are amazed at, at this amazing, enormous catch of fish, but but Jesus then says to Simon Peter, and I kind of envision Simon Peter is face down before Jesus, and just maybe Jesus coming down and lifting his face to his. Don't be afraid, Simon Peter. 
from now on, you're going to fish for people. And then we're told Simon Peter left everything and, and, and followed Jesus. He left everything. Sometimes it kind of the Bible makes it seem like no big deal, no big whoop, you know. But he left a small business. He left his parents and, and probably his siblings, his friends. We know from the previous chapter he had a mother-in-law, which means he had a wife. And probably in those days, he probably had children. He left everything. The scriptures sometimes just kind of make it sound like, you know, robots, and they left everything, not thinking anything. But they gave up everything to be with Jesus. You know, but the wonderful thing about Jesus is, is that he looks at the long game. He looks at the end game. But he only invites us to the short game, to the short time. Jesus knows what's going to be happening. Jesus knows his mission on earth to come and redeem and rescue. But he doesn't tell Simon Peter that from the beginning. He just says, come follow me. Come and see. If you know me, you know that I'm a big Rays fan and, and, uh, and I love the Rays. Got opening day tickets all set. We're ready to go. Thursday, March 28th, 4 p.m. Staff Parish, I'll be taking off working Friday instead of Thursday that day, just to let you know. Three days till pitchers and catchers report for spring training, but who's counting? Go Rays. So I love baseball and all facets of it. I recently learned about this baseball scout who is said to be one of the best and greatest of all times. His name is Tony Lucadello. Tony was known for his unique ability to see gifts of young players that others couldn't see. Some scouts would go around, they'd look for the weaknesses in a player, and others would look for, for special skills they had, and, while others would only look for players who excelled all the time. Tony not only looked for those things, but he was known for roaming the fields, going places other people wouldn't, and, and listening to what the, the players were talking about and how they talked and watching how they interacted with other people and watching to see how coachable they would be, to see a hitch in their swing that could be corrected or a throwing quirk that might be able to be easily changed. Tony became known as the prophet of the sandlots, able to project how someone would do down the road with some coaching. He could see the long game of a player's potential. And uh, he came to recruit and sign many, many, many players. The, the top two that we probably would know is Mike Schmidt and also uh, Fergie Jenkins. He was so good that there was one player that was being highly recruited, and, and one team had offered him a $100,000 signing bonus. But Tony, he was so well-loved and trusted that this family signed with the Cubs for a $4,000 signing bonus because they trusted and knew that Tony would nurture them and take him further. When, G when Jesus first called Simon Peter, he didn't start with the long game of going to the big leagues. He, 
He didn't say to, to Simon Peter, you're going to be my rock on whom I build my church. If, if that would have been the case, Simon Peter probably would have said, um, yeah, that's a hard no. Friends, we have our own prophet of the sandlots, able to see the long game and to help us along the way, able to project how we will grow and develop as disciples of Christ. Friends, Jesus is our prophet of the sandlots and desires to call us, each and every one of us, just as we are, with, with hitches in our swings and weird throwing motions and, and with necessary corrections where needed. In this called and sent lifestyle that we live in, Jesus calls us, calls all of us, just as we are. With all our good and with all our warts. So I want to share as we close just three ideas for how we could use this lesson from Luke 5. The first one is we need to connect. We need to get in the boat. I remember well the excitement of, of getting on that boat, the time we went on that first cruise, and, and when we were walking up that ramp to, to board, and I recall the, the feeling of the enormity of the boat. It just, it's huge. So it's a floating city. And how luxurious it seemed. But one of the first things we might notice when Jesus calls us to follow him is that it ain't no cruise ships. And we would be right about that in every way. The, the cruise ship, the cruise ship is about us, about our comfort and our choices and our wants and our entertainment. The cruise ship's purpose is to serve us as if we were the only people in the world. But friends, the Jesus boat is radically different. The Jesus boat's purpose is for us to serve the whole world as if all people were Jesus himself. But first, we need to get into the boat and connect. Secondly, we need to grow. Once we're in a boat, we, we, we can fully rely on Jesus to direct us to deep waters of our calling and just where to go and and we may not see the final destination, but he will show us a little bit here and there. He'll show us where to cast our nets and where to pull them up. When to push out further. When to get on our knees. So first, we need to connect and get in the boat. Secondly, we need to grow and, and push out further, drop our nets and pray. And humility, then we, we can cry out to God of, you know, who am I to do this work, God? I can't, I can't do what you're asking. I'm a sinner, and you are God. Thirdly, then, we need to serve. We need to serve and leave everything behind. We'll follow leaving things behind that hinder us from our calling hinder us from serving the way Jesus wants us to serve. Maybe our fears or our doubts or our preconceived ideas of Jesus and what Jesus is doing or what Jesus may not be doing. We'll put behind us our limitations that we place on Jesus or even, even the ridiculous notion that we can do this without Jesus at all. We have to leave it all behind and, and, 
follow Jesus. So we connect and get in the boat. We, we grow and push out in the deeper waters and drop our nets and pray. And then we serve and, and leave everything behind. And I wonder, if we were to do that, what would this world look like? Now, what are, what are your gifts and skills? Peter had a skill as being a fisherman, and that's how Jesus connected with him. So what are your gifts and skills? What are your talents and interests? I wonder how Jesus could use your wonderful or not-so-wonderful things about you to help the kingdom of God. That's the way Jesus works, by, by using us just the way we are, with, with the gifts and talents and interests that we have, and the warts and the weirdness that we all have as a jumping point, as a starting point into our calling. So you might be a teacher or a craftsman or, or good with numbers or good with administration or good with technology. Maybe you're a student who loves to learn or an artist or a laborer or a cook. Friends, get in the boats. Anyone a good fisherman or at least think you are? or a good listener, or a good seamstress, or a photographer, get in the boat. I wonder how Jesus might be calling you. I wonder how Jesus might be calling us. You know, I wonder what it would look like if everybody in this section decided to leave everything and follow Jesus. To put everything that hinders them from, from pursuing to connect and to grow and to serve Jesus. And, and what about this center section? If you guys did the same and you, you put everything behind you, and, and then this, this section, if, if you did, what if we, we all decided to connect and get in the boats and we all decided to grow and push out into deeper waters and to get on our knees? And what if we all decided to serve, leaving all that hinders us behind? And, and what if... When that happened, we put our nets out together, all of us, and the catch began to tear our nets. And our boats began to take on water and to sink because of the miraculous catch of ministry that was coming to us and that Jesus called us to here in Lithia and beyond. I think that would be a great day of celebration to, to see nets bursting and ripping and boats sinking for the call of Jesus on our lives and in the lives of this church. Amen? Amen. Would you stand as we continue to worship?
So friends, let's leave this place and, and connect with God and with one another, grow and push out into deeper waters, and serve so that we may illuminate this world with God's loving, transforming grace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Amen.